COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. From the East Bank of the Flats, it's Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, featuring NBA writer Sam Amico. And now, trapeze artists Ken Worsnick and Ted Clark. As we celebrate another Veterans Day, Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, hopefully everyone had a great week. Ted, we are now up to episode 28, and the time just keeps flying by, my friend. Unbelievable. It just keeps on rolling. If I'd have told you when we started this that we would get to episode 28, what would your reaction have been? I would be silent, like I am right now. <laughs> Nothing. No, it's been fun. I, I, I Hopefully, everyone's enjoying it. We are certainly enjoying it. That's why we continue to do it, and we have quite a bit of people listening, so we appreciate it. That's that. right. You know, we had the, the election last week. I don't know whether you recall that or not. We did, there were a lot of votes cast. Various media outlets uh, have declared Joe Biden the winner, although the official tally isn't for a little bit of time yet. And there are still some places voting, uh, not voting, although, well, some, some might say they're still voting. I don't know. Yep. Uh, anyhow, they're still counting. And President Trump's folks are, they're not happy with the way some of these votes are being counted. So I did some research. I know President Trump's people couldn't observe and can't watch how the votes are counted, but I have some connections. And I have hooked up our big, long microphone, and we're going to hear what it sounds like where they're counting the votes here. So let me get this hooked up, and let me turn it on, and we'll see what the vote counting sounds like here. 13, 14, 23, 26, 30, 38, 47, 50, 60, 62, 72, 77. 79, 80, 85, 95, and 2, and 11, and 14, and 24, 34, and 6. Wow. That might be part of the problem there. I'm not sure. Yeah, the counting was really different. I mean, he wasn't doing it by ones. He was kind of be doing them in sixes. I, I don't know how you get this stuff, Ted, but that's impressive. I mean, this yeah. is kind of like breaking news to hear Thank that you. live like that. That's really yeah. impressive. Yeah. If I have any more wow. other uh, opportunities to hear vote counting through, during the show, I'll let you know. Yeah, that's like breaking news. Yes. Absolutely. No, that's I what we it. do here. That's great. We have Klops clips, wow. and then we have breaking news. Ted, we do have a sad note to kind of mention. We did have the loss of two very famous people, two people that were very instrumental, certainly in the game show industry and then in the movie industry, Alex Trebek and Sean Connery. Hmm. Uh, obviously, with Alex Trebek, you think of the show Jeopardy. My gosh, the amount of years he was on that show. And it's very sad because he was – 80 years old and was kind of recovering from everything that was going on with him and unfortunately had a loss. But uh, what's some of the things that you remember most, specifically first about Alex Trebek? Well, the trademark mustache that he had for so many years was a part of his look and, you know, what he did. And then when he shaved the mustache, oh, my goodness, what a big People deal that was. Rain. But just in, yep. in general, he came across to me – as perhaps the most well-spoken and well-educated of any of the game show hosts. And I'm not saying that was the case, but simply the way he held himself and presented himself, it certainly seemed that way. And I'll tell you the amazing yeah. part, 
he worked until just 10 days before he passed away. He taped his last show 10 days before he passed. Uh, certainly a, a, a cherished person when it comes to entertainment, and he certainly be, be missed. Now, Sean Connery, I mean, I've seen a lot of different movies, and I'll tell you right now, when he was in the movie, you knew it. And he was in so many great movies. My yep. gosh. He refused to be typecast in James Bond and left the franchise, came back a couple times, but he expanded his acting repertoire, I guess you'd say. But James Bond, that franchise is still going today. Yes. And it would not be if you don't have a strong start and you can't have a strong start if the guy playing James Bond doesn't hit it out of the park. And boy, did he ever. Yes, he did. The, the movies with him just go on and on. I mean, I think about, you know, The Rock when he was in that movie. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, great roles. He was in Indiana Jones. I mean, just an amazing actor, did some wonderful things. And he certainly will be very much missed by many different people. Who better to play Indiana Jones' dad than the original James Bond? I, I, I can't think of a better person to have in that, that role. Seriously, unbelievable. They will be missed. Well, let's try to turn things onto a little happier note. Coming up on the show, Ken, the NBA draft is a week away. Were you aware of that? I actually wasn't until we have an opportunity to talk to somebody about it. Well, we're going to talk with <laughs> NBA writer Sam Amico. We'll get his input on what's going on in the NBA. And then it's been too long since we played this game. Fox 8's Scott Sable, the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, is here. He will help play forecast roulette. Yes. And the name of a pastry involving Santa. The name of a pastry involving Santa may have your jaw dropping. We're going to explain in Klopp's clip. Fantasy football time now. It's Chancellor Klopp here with Eowyn Adams and Ken Dworsnik, fellow members of our fantasy league, as we take a look and see what happened in our league this past week. Let's take a look at our fantasy guru, Eowyn's team, where she was the champion last year. And she gets a win this week. Congratulations. Good work. I, yeah. I'm moving, towards, I'm, I'm moving towards 500 there. Well, you, you, you won by about 16 points. And who is your starting quarterback this week? I don't know, the fourth or fifth stringer from Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, nice Luton, there. Luton, 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 Luton. Yeah, Jake. him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, him. He did not bad for me. Look at that. Maybe, maybe that's part of the – maybe you should be able to pronounce the guys on your team before you, before you start them. I don't know. All right, Ken. Well, let's look at your club. You lost to the huge oh. TDs, yeah. 111-92. What happened yeah. there? Quarterback Lamar Jackson didn't have the greatest game. I actually got good production from uh, Josh Jacobs and Todd Gurley. Will Fuller has been really good. He's been a must-play for me every week, along with McLaren. I struggled, and once again, as I usually can do this, I played the wrong guy at my flex. I played Hasty, the running back from San Francisco, which he got me 1.3 points. And by the way, Christian Kirk, sitting on the bench for me, 18 mm. points. 
tough loss to the huge TDs. I mean, my gosh, they had Teddy Bridgewater had 30 points and uh, Devante Adams had 23. Was there any wagering involved between you and your brother for this contest? No, we'd, we're almost too old for that. I hate to say it, but... Uh, oh, you're never too old. I did send a text congratulating him. All right, well, we'll look at my team, and as we do so, I want to mention I've already played you this year, Ken. Ayo, when we're two weeks away, we'll have to come up with a wager here to talk about on the show. A wager? Yeah, you know, like a bet. Hmm. Well, we'll talk about it next week. We'll have to make the bet next week, so we'll talk about it next week. Credits. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give it some thought. And, of course, your favorite player on my team, you chastised me last week, said, oh, my gosh, well, if you didn't have Dalvin Cook, you'd be no yeah. good. And he came through with 37.2 points again this week. Unbelievable. Yeah. What did he have, 40, 40, 40 or 44? He had, uh, in the 40s last week. That's correct, yes. Uh, Minnesota started off the season terrible, and now they've, they've won back-to-back, -back, I believe. Well, the turf toe train keeps on rolling. Speaking of rolling, uh, Eowyn, do you have any pickups that we should be on the lookout for this week? I have four. First is going to be Duke Johnson, right? The former Brown. He's now with Houston. If David Johnson is unable to play, I, I would highly recommend that you pick up Duke Johnson. Um, my next is going to be Tua, who replaced Ryan Fitzmagic out there in Miami. His first game wasn't great, but uh, he looked a lot better on Sunday. Third is going to be. Curtis Samuel, his role was a bit too small in some of the games, but in week nine, he, he performed very well. So he's probably going to have a larger role going forward. So I definitely recommend him. And then last but not least, KJ Hamler. He's a former Penn State wide receiver, my favorite team of all. KJ Hamler, I think he's about 5'7", so, so Ken, you might be taller than him. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> The Broncos have been, have been using him a lot. Eowyn, I hate to interrupt you, but we have another, we've been following this. I don't know if you've heard this, but during the show, we've been checking in on the vote counting that's going on with the presidential election. I have a big, long microphone that's hooked up to different locations so we can monitor, even though others can't, we're able to monitor here on Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, the vote counting that's going on. So I'm going to turn the, the microphone on again. I'm told we have some more vote counting. Let's Let's take a listen and see what, what's happening now. One little two little three little balance. Four little five little six little balance. Seven little light little nine little balance. Ten little balance. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. <laughs> There's singing uh, other counting. I love what, this. Boy, what, what state is that, Ted? I think that's the state of confusion is where that's <laughs> coming from. <laughs> But uh, isn't there an age requirement for counting of ballots? I don't know. That's that sounded so. a little young. I'm not sure. Well, can you count a ballot if you can't? If you're not old enough to vote, how can you count the no. ballots? No, I don't know. It's all hands on deck right now. I mean, I, that's I think right. That's got right. The count okay. from Sesame Street out there to help help out. Well, before we let you go, Eowyn, we had Sam Amico on the show a little earlier, the NBA writer from the Northeast Ohio area, talking to us about the Cavs and the NBA. Do you follow the NBA? Do you follow the Cavs? Do you have any thoughts on, on them for the coming season? No, nobody cares about the Cavs. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't this even know a... who plays for the Cavs anymore. I, I think I know two people, but... Yeah, which I... two people do you know? Um... Sexton and Kevin Love. 
Okay. Colin Sexton, Kevin Love. There you go. I, I have to be honest. Those are probably the only two. Well, no, I would know a third one. Larry Nance Jr. Yeah. Oh, he's still around there. Okay. There the you only will. thing that would be great, good these past couple years when they've been so bad is that you can get really great seats for so cheap. That's the only thing that would even make you want to watch it. But now you can't uh, do that because of COVID. So who cares? Awen, we appreciate your fantasy football perspective and your honesty. And if we have a segment on fantasy football next week, I can't wait to find out what we're going to ask you about. So I can't wait either. Maybe I'm on a winning streak here. Maybe I'll be uh, four and six when we speak. <sighs> fantasy football. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jack with your sports scoreboard. 28 to 14, 17 to 13, 29 to 23, and here's a lopsided one. 47 to 6, 21 to 10, 31 to 24, 34 to 21, and a very close game, 28 to 27. That's your sports scoreboard, and you don't know Jack. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Our guest today is the editor of AmicoHoopsNews.com which covers the NBA. He also writes about the NBA for Outkick.com. Let's talk with Akron native Sam Amico. Sam, the NBA kind of taken a back seat here in Northeast Ohio recently. At least it seems that way from a fan perspective. Is that, is that your perspective as well? Absolutely. They're definitely third on the Northeast Ohio sports radar. I would even say fourth behind Ohio State. You got the Browns, the Indians, Ohio State, and then the Cavs are really way behind those in terms of the conversation. I think a lot of that obviously has to do with they're so quick to go in the tank every time LeBron leaves, which, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you don't have a choice, but, you know, you look at somebody like the Miami Heat, and Pat Riley is like, we're not going to keep playing the lottery. We're going to try to win and get in the playoffs and win every game. And the Cavs just the first time with general manager Chris Grant, they did not take that approach. And now with general manager Kobe Altman, they're not taking that approach. And it sounds like Dan Gilbert wants them to step on the gas a little bit 
And if that means getting rid of some younger guys for some veterans, maybe that's the case. Well, that's a great lead into my question, Sam, is are they looking to play in arenas? Or are they looking to go back into the bubble? Adam Silver, the commissioner, prefers to do it like the NFL is doing it and play it in the home markets with maybe a small amount of fans. If you can do that safely, if not right away, then March or something, they would like to get fans back in the buildings. The fans account for 40% of the league's revenue, those gate receipts. So right now that's up in the air. I know that they don't want to do a bubble. Well, something that's coming up even sooner than the start of the season is the draft. What is going on with the Cavs and their draft strategy? It's going to be like the NFL draft, all virtual. The commissioner will be, I believe, calling it out of his house or out of the NBA, his office in, in Manhattan. So as far as the Cavs are concerned, with the fifth pick again, which is a huge disappointment in a draft that theoretically has four guys that people are excited about. They, they missed out on that again. There's a lot of talk that Minnesota, who owns the number one pick, is looking to trade down. Golden State could be looking to trade down, who has the number two pick. So one opposing executive told me that the Cavs do not want that pick at all. They don't want to bring in another young guy. You know, they have three rookies uh, returning from last year who are now second-year players, although Dylan Windler was hurt, so he'll be a rookie. They have plenty of youth. I think that they would like to think about moving that pick. But, you know, the Cavs tell me they're they're perfectly f- happy with their draft position. So we'll find out. There will be some players there. There always is in a draft like this that can help you. So obviously there's free agency period and all that stuff, and specifically talking about the Cavs. So you have players like Tristan Thompson, who's a free agent. You have uh, somebody like Andre Drummond, who basically said, I'm not interested in picking up my option. And you have a gentleman by the name of Matthew Delvadova. Of those players, who do you see coming back to the Cavs? Well, I think Drummond will pick up that option. He's going to find out that this is not a year to turn down $29 million. (laughs) Uh, Especially, you know, because the salary cap, you don't know the salary cap implications how that's going to impact free agency. The league lost billions last year. They're going to probably lose billions again next season. I think the trouble spot with Drummond is going to be a contract extension. He and the Cavs have talked about a little bit. That's gone absolutely nowhere. I foresee him picking up that option. With that option, he'll be on a one-year contract, and contract one-year contracts are definitely tradable. So I, I know what Drummond is saying, that he's, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm not picking up the option. I think he's going to pick that up, and I think that might push Tristan out the door a little bit. I, I think there's a shot at Tristan coming back, but I think it's a long shot. I know the Cavs, Tristan, both have mutual interest in that. I think that's a long shot in, in a reunion. It's going to be tough for Tristan to say, I want to go back there and really kind of come off the bench behind Drummond and play for a team that's probably not going to be a playoff contender right away. Matthew Delavadova, again, a long shot. I think it's possible that he could come back, but the, the way he played early in his career, God love him, just has taken a toll on his body and he can't play that way anymore. So yeah. that said, the Cavs love him. He loves the Cavs. He's a kind of a great practice leader. He does everything the coach says. He's, he's never one to complain. So I think that there's value in that and having him around. And, and if he doesn't get any offers, uh, the Cavs may consider bringing him back. So you mentioned, Sam, about the league 
losing billions last year, possibly losing billions this year, playing with no fans. Uh, I'm just curious what you're hearing from the NBA in terms of the NBA seems to me to have been of the sports leagues, the one that was the most visible with regard to social justice and things like that. And there's some talk that perhaps that led to the low ratings for the games. Does the NBA believe that was part of the reason for those? And do they plan to be as outspoken? Are they going to pull back on that? Well, there's no doubt that the league, you know, regardless of where you stand politically, the league came across as a very left-leaning type of situation. To You know, and I mean, we look at the election and it's obviously extremely close and it was last time around too. So you may be alienating half your audience. I don't know that for a fact. I, there's no numbers on that, but that you absolutely have to consider that as part of the possibility. It was the least watch finals in NBA history. Now, there's no question that part of that was the calendar being all messed up with them going head to head with the NFL, which just kills everything else on TV regardless. You know, I know a lot of fans who know I'm an NBA writer and will just come out and tell me, I, I'm not going to watch all this promotion of what clearly is a kind of a democratic leaning agenda from the league. So Adam Silver has said, we're going to continue our social justice efforts, but we're going to leave that kind of to the players off the court. He said he's had people, even left-leaning people, tell him, we just want to watch basketball. And I think that the league understood that. They, they did get their message out. All right, Sam. Well, you mentioned the election. And of course, we've been using our big, long microphone to see how the vote counting is going. Let's check in again and see what's happening now. 198, 199, 200. Don't know what you're using the numbers for. Well, when you're counting ballots and you don't know what we're using the numbers for, that right there might be part of the problem. (laughs) Anyhow, Sam, uniforms. A few changes to them last year. Any changes expected on uniforms for the coming season? The only changes we could potentially see to the uniforms next year, the league is talking about adding a second sponsorship patch (laughs) to, to the jerseys. Um, which is probably not a bad idea if you can sell it because uh, this is a league that is struggling financially. And they, the one reason they don't want to start after January, guys, or after December 22nd is they're afraid that ESPN and Turner Sports are going to try to renegotiate the television contracts if they don't get a certain number of games. Again, yeah. that would be a financial blow. Do you think a lot of teams going into this season are going to be looking at their pocketbook? Will that change what they decide to do on the court? Absolutely. That could have a major impacts on rosters across the league. You could see teams trying to unload some of their stars. It might lead to more competitive balance, frankly, because, you know, some teams are not going to want to pay hand over fist and luxury tax for going over the cap. I just think that, yeah, there could be some, some roster upheaval. Once we get into the season and a trade deadline's established, it's probably going to be a real busy time and real great Time for AmicoHoopsNews.com. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any teams in financial trouble of not being able to sustain? I think that there probably are. I couldn't name those teams for you, but I mean, it's always a problem in Memphis. It's always a problem with the, with the Charlotte Hornets. Now, you know, Michael Jordan's the Hornets owner. He's got deep pocketbooks, but it gets to the point where how much do I, I want to lose here? Most of these owners throughout the league are going to lose money 
regardless. I don't think we're going to see anything like contraction yet or teams folding or any of that. I think the league will help sustain them. There are certainly some teams that probably are going to look to sell. If you were to make a guess, who is the one high-priced free agent that you see going from a team they played for for a while? Or who's the biggest name that's going to be on the move, you think? Of the available unrestricted free agents, the two guys that pop out to me are uh, Harrell with the Clippers, the, the power forward center, Montrezl Harrell, and Tristan Thompson, frankly. There are so few guys who are so willing to do the dirty work and flourish at it. Look, he's been in Cleveland since 2011. Tristan has a house in L.A. He's still out in L.A. while the other Cavs are here practicing, and and he shouldn't be practicing as he's entering free agency. So I think it's going to be real tough for the Cavs to bring him back. We may be seeing him move on. Well, Sam, we need to move on. But before we let you go, being an NBA writer and a competitive guy, can we get you to play a little Who Am I Cleveland in our game time segment? I'll give it a shot. Cleveland! This is for you! Another edition of This Week in Cleveland History, November 16th, 1907. Ted, I don't think you remember that, correct? No, I was a couple years after that. Actor Burgess Meredith was born in Cleveland. He received several Emmy Awards and was nominated for two Academy Awards during his long and distinguished career that included the role of Mickey Goldmill in the Rocky movies and the role of the Penguin in the 1960s Batman TV series. His role as the Penguin was so well received that the show's writers always had a script featuring the Penguin ready whenever Meredith was available. He and Cesar Romero, who played the Joker, are tied for a number of appearances on the show. What a great actor he was. I do remember him as the trainer in the Rocky movies for Rocky Balboa. That was the first role what I really kind of knew about Burgess Meredith and then obviously had the opportunity to see some of his other work. But what a great actor. My God. Uh, We talked at the top of the show about Sean Connery and here Burgess Meredith, another guy. What a wide range of acting ability. You go from Mickey Goldmill, the trainer in Rocky, to the Penguin. Yes. How many actors can pull off both of those roles in such a dramatic fashion? And he can play a role as well. Like, for one instance, one of the movies that comes to mind, Grumpy Old Men. Do you remember yes. that movie? Yes. He plays the older, <laughs> kind of a little bit perverted type <laughs> of uh, guy in that, in that role, but plays it so well, and it's so believable. What a talent it is to play. I mean, if you think of these different roles, you go from the Joker to the trainer of Rocky, and then certainly a guy in uh, Grumpy Old Men. I mean, that's, that's pretty funny. And that well, shows the range that he had. When you have any project that has Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, and Burgess Meredith all in the same script, you know it's going to be good. Oh, absolutely. No, what a, what, that's classic comedy right there is what that is. So once again, that's- another guy from Cleveland that I, I had no idea was born here. Not a clue. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I'm able to educate you. I appreciate the education. (laughs) Once again, another This Week in Cleveland History. Cleveland! This is for you! Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland. 
Fox 8's Scott Sable. Scott Sable, Fox 8, is back with us to spin the wheel and make a forecast on Forecast Roulette. Welcome back, Scott. You're going to the office again, so congratulations on that. Yeah. That, uh, do you remember, you remember how to get there? Well, that was funny because I almost got off in, uh, in Brunswick, which is about 10 miles up here, and I realized, whoa, wait a minute, I got another 40 minutes to go. So, <laughs> you know, the pant, my pants fit, my suit jackets fit, so we're, we're good to go. That was All the right. biggest question. All you right. can you can fit in your pants. That's huge. That's, That's a big huge. deal. You're right, exactly. No doubt. Yeah. All right, Ken, can you spin the roulette wheel for us this week? That would be an honor and a privilege to do that. Oh. There we go. All oh, right. Okay, Ken. Yeah, I just, not a kidney stone, guys. It's All right. Wow. Okay. We'll have to find the official doctor of two middle-aged men. Anyhow, uh, the wheel is coming to a halt, and here it is on... Oh, this is interesting. Augusta, Georgia. I think there's something going on there. Uh, some uh, golf tournament or something. But uh, what, uh, what's the weather looking like there? Yeah, kind of a big deal. Um, it looks like they're, they're in the 80s now. They're going to be probably in the 60s, low 70s. Um, looks like they will get some rain this weekend from the remnants of a tropical system. That could be interesting. I mean, we're talking yes. close to Thanksgiving. And, you know, this has been a record-setting hurricane season. They might get some rain from that. So there might be some interruption, you know, at the beginning of the tournament. So you guys said Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. <clears throat> and it reminds me, and I believe, if memory serves, that that is the hometown, either, yeah, I believe the hometown of Hulk Hogan. Was he born there? I, I that's correct. I don't know. Yeah. If you said he was, we'll go with it. I think so, which also reminds me of one of the coolest times I've ever had in television. And it was seven years ago, he came on the air and he was promoting something. And I remember some interns, they're in the newsroom, like, yeah, Hulk Hogan's coming in. Some guy named Hulk Hogan, we're like, wait, wait, back up here. Wait, Hulk Hogan's coming in here? It's like they didn't register with them. We're like, whoa, wait a minute here. Hulk Hogan's coming in tomorrow. So <clears throat> make a long story short, I had a chance to interview him. In, in our anchor, we, we interviewed him. And then in the one of the breaks, I said, hey, look, Mr. Hogan, do you mind? Can we do like, a, like an arm wrestling segment? He goes, is this for real? You know, for, I go, what, what do you mean for real? Like really do? He goes, my back is shot and my shoulder, I can't lift my, elbow, my arm up over my shoulder. Wow. We got to just like pretend we're doing arm wrestling. I go, hey, sir, whatever you want to do. <laughs> we did this pretend arm wrestling on the air and, you know, with no tension and we're getting really into it. And then the anchor comes over jokingly and tries to separate, tries to help me out. And Hogan turns around and rakes his eyes. It was, it was a total wrestling segment and he played the, the part. It was so funny. And one of the most fun I've ever had on the air. And he was, couldn't be more gracious. Did he rip his shirt off? He did not. And I think partly because he had back surgery and there's a uh -huh. scar and he did, you know, yeah. so there's probably some. That would be an issue. Probably an issue there. What was he like to be around behind the camera? He was the nicest guy, very low key. You can tell he kind of hobbles around a little bit because at the time he had surgery and you know the wear and tear wrestling for so many so many years. But he couldn't have been more gracious. We had people coming in from parts of the building that I didn't even know even still work there, and they wanted to have <laughs> some sort of little, you know, audio video clip on their phone of Hulk Hogan saying hi to their kids. Hey, can you say hi to my son, Johnny, and, and my daughter and this? He goes, no problem. And then he gets right into it and he does the whole thing. And, wow. and he did this for everybody. Could split the switch, do it flawlessly, and he did it for every single person there. Was probably at the station for a couple hours. Nicest guy ever. 
How many times did you hear the word brother while he was there? Uh, we did a brother count. It was 363, uh, <laughs> roughly 60% off camera. No, I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Sable Mania will be running on a forecast near you. By the way, I'm getting a tear-off t-shirt for Christmas. I'm just going to buy myself one and just wear it cut in the grass, see what happens. Okay. <laughs> you just can get see, away with it. There's no doubt. Just see what you happens. You know, my neighbor is Adam. Well, if anybody comes up to you, you can just say, what you going to do when right. I do a forecast for you? Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV, offering custom audio-visual packages for all occasions, including business meetings, weddings, graduations, banquets, and more. So if you're looking to transform an in-person event to virtual, Westminster AV has a variety of solutions for you. Pharmaceutical companies hosting dinner events can find plenty of professional support from Westminster AV. No event too big nor too small. More information can be found by going to westminsteravcom or give them a call, 216-325-6960. Where were you when? Time for a new segment. We are joined by a very big fan, Tony. Segment is called, Where Were You When? Segment, we're going to talk about old sports stories, experiences, and things like that. And today, we are going to talk about the 2015 college football playoff national championship game between the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Oregon Ducks. So, Tony, where were you when the Buckeyes won? Well, as one of the largest Ohio State fans that never go to Ohio State, um, I was at my house with a bunch of friends. My brother-in-law is a huge fan um, up in Toledo, and we get together for a lot of the Buckeyes games, and he came down, all the friends came over. It, it was just a, a great party and a great gathering because you figured at halftime, I mean, at that point it was it was 21 to 10. We were feeling pretty good at that point um, just because of the, the atmosphere at that point. It was, it was good to see. Certainly, that was a game that no one expected Ohio State to win, nor did anyone expect them to win by the margin that they did. I mean, we're talking January 12, 2015. Um, what a year for the Buckeyes, not only with them having the win, but what they went through. I mean, that's some serious adversity. Not only did they have their starting quarterback go down, they had their backup go down, they had their third-string quarterback in versus, at that point, probably one of the leading quarterbacks in the league, Marcus Mariota. The game was 42-20. to 20. I mean, that was a blowout. Nobody thought that was going to happen. Once again, 12-gauge, Cardiel Jones comes in, throws lights out, and the guy destroys. And, I mean, right now we're talking about, you know, Marcus Mariota, who right now is, is struggling a little bit in the NFL, but one heck of a, one heck of a quarterback. I mean, Cardale went, JT Barrett went, um, even Joe Burrow. He was actually a, a redshirt freshman on that team. I mean, but you're just talking about some serious players that are now, you know, playing in the NFL um, not to – be held back by Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas. I mean, big names out there, but um, it's definitely nothing that nobody saw was going to be coming. I mean, Oregon Ducks 13-1 versus the Ohio State Buckeyes 13-1. Nobody saw that that kind of a blow was going to happen. Now, I will say that for this contest, I was working for a company at the time, and part of my territory was actually Texas. I was in Dallas, Texas the night of this game, so I actually ended up going to one of the local establishments and watching the game there. 
And I found all these different Ohio State fans and things like that. And the funny part about this whole thing is that one guy that they talked about time and time again was Ezekiel Elliott, who we talked about. He gets drafted by Dallas that next year for the NFL draft. And uh, certainly uh, it's been a great running back for a long time. But, uh, Ted, for that game, there were 23 players drafted in the NFL just from that contest. Isn't that crazy? That is unbelievable. And I I cannot remember where I was for this game, but I can remember that season, uh, my dad, whose eyesight wasn't great, he really enjoyed listening to athletic events. And every weekend, when are the Buckeyes on? What channel? How do I find them? Where, Where do I go? And he never saw the Browns win a championship, but he got to hear the Buckeyes win a title or two in his time. So that was very exciting. So Paul Keels, right, is the announcer for Ohio yeah. State. That guy is probably one of the purest voices. Mm. But you go and you listen to all the other, like, Big Ten teams, nobody touches him. It's, yeah. it's amazing, like, how he is Ohio State. He, you could tell that because him doing basketball and football, um, it's fun to – it's definitely fun to see. You have all these great players that played, all these players that got drafted. Tony, were you surprised that the Buckeyes obviously winning the national championship in 2000 and 15, were you surprised that they did not win another national championship after that? I mean, I expected them to win a couple, certainly with the young players they had. You had Cordell Jones coming back, but unfortunately nothing really happened. I mean, what you got to look at, though, is how many players were actually drafted from that year, too, and how many people went early. Because here's the point. When you win a national championship, your stock is so high. It's just like when you win a Super Bowl. How many teams, except for right now um, with the Kansas City Chiefs, how many teams actually get to keep that many players? usually lose them to contracts or money. Same thing happened with Ohio State is, yeah, they had Cardale and they had um, some great receivers. It's just the point of, I mean, when you lose, you know, your, your top running back, when you lose some of your receivers, um, and the other thing they never talk about is, you know, they had some serious senior linemen um, that they lost that year too. I mean, they were, they were contenders and they have been since. I mean, then you had teams like Alabama and Clemson coming in. And, I mean, Alabama and Clemson are just powerhouses. I mean, they're, they're running the ball down our, down our throats. I mean, they're bringing, you know, four or five guys in. Ohio State wasn't ready for it. it it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. Um, I know the hopes are real high, but I don't know. Alabama looks really good. Well, Tony, thanks for joining us here on Where Were You When? And if you are listening there, if you would like to join us on Where Were You When? with a great sports memory, You can tweet us, Facebook message us, or send us a message on Instagram. We are at 2MAMICLE on Twitter and Instagram, and we look forward to having more listeners join us. Time for a challenging game that Ted has only won one time called Who Am I? We have Sam Amico with us from AmicoHoopsNews.com. And he will compete against Ted to guess this person, place, or thing from Cleveland. You will receive five clues. And then at the end, you'll have multiple choice. The winner will receive the following. I found a great oh. prize, Ted. Oh, Get ready. great. A Cleveland Cavaliers signed poster from Mel Turpin, Keith Lee, Lonnie Shelton, Roy Hinson, and John Bagley. Oh. That's what's up wow. after today, guys. Wow. Okay. Hey, uh, Ken, since I've only won this game one time, is my winning percentage similar to the Cavs at the moment? I guess I basically have to turn to Sam on that one. I'm not yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds about right, Ted. Yeah, all right, thanks. 
<laughs> All right, gentlemen, here is clue number one. This person was born in Akron, Ohio, and attended a Mid-American Conference school. Sam Amico. Great guess. Great Not correct. Guess. Uh, that, 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 is, is... that would be correct. Mm -hmm. I will. I uh, am no, I you don't have to guess quickly? each time if you don't if you're not sure, Sam. I would. You can guess when, whenever you. Whenever you. Whenever you think you have an answer. Oh, okay. Yes, no. Nate Thurman. <laughs> By the way, that's correct. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Why would we? Well, the fix is on here. I'll give you my I didn't even an NBA guy on, and you give an NBA question. Give me a break. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, I, mean, I didn't even say his school. I said Mid American Conference, and he got it. Bowling Sam, Green State Falcons. There it is. He's a fan. Just, yeah. just make Akron that check payable to Ken Dworznik. <laughs> Thank Ken you. Dworznik. <laughs> Obviously, I had a little conversation with Man. Sam before we started. No, uh -huh. actually, yeah. I didn't say anything. This is great. Now, here's the funny part about Nate Thurman, who obviously is has his uh, jersey retired. He's in the Hall of Fame. Did you know that his last game at Bowling Green? He had 31 rebounds. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and he unbelievable. actually, his other claim to fame, besides being drafted third, played for three different teams, he was the first player in the NBA to have a quadruple double. I didn't know. Wow. I did not wow. know that either. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he played on the Miracle Richfield team, longtime restaurant owner in San Francisco upon retirement. And his restaurant did very well. In fact, a lot of people out there, younger generations only knew him for his restaurant. I have way too much useless information in this. Sorry, Ted. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, that's all right, Sam. Uh, thanks for sending me pack into the woodshed there. If people <laughs> want to follow you, we mentioned the websites, amicohoopsnews.com and outkick.com. How often and what days or wh when, when can they look for you on those websites? The websites both every day. I'm posting probably nine posts to my own site and four or five to Outkick almost every day, obviously. Most of those are shorter. Once the Cavs season starts, they tend to be a little longer. You can follow me there or on Twitter, at Amico Hoops. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for the time. I guess we'll, we'll leave you with this one. What fun things? I know you have a, a small child at your home. What fun things did you do for Halloween? Went to the Akron Zoo for the mm. Boo, at, Boo at the Zoo. My oldest son, we have three boys. My oldest, as a sophomore, ran in the state cross-country meet. Oh, awesome. Uh, so trying to think what else we did for Halloween. I, I can tell you this. I have undoubtedly eaten more candy than anyone else in the house. <laughs> and it's because I've put it out of the reach of the toddler. He's forgotten about it. Out of sight, out of mind. I'm getting most of the enjoyment out of that. Is there any truth to the rumor that you put on the wig and went as Anderson Verizhau with your kids trick-or-treating? Is there any truth <laughs> to that? No, I actually went fittingly as Superman. We all did superhero themes. Awesome. All right, Sam. Well, thank you very much for the time. And we will follow you on your websites. Best of luck for a COVID-free upcoming NBA season. Well, thank you very much. And I thank you guys for having me. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Here we go with another collection of Klops Clips.
the news you really need to know, even though you probably don't. We all know the election was last week, and one of the important election results you might not have heard about comes from Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Wilbur, a French bulldog, won the mayorship in Rabbit Hash with more than 13,000 out of almost 23,000 votes. Wilbur beat a rabbit, a beagle, a golden retriever, all for the victory. Wilbur takes over for a pit bull who has served since 2017. The community's website says the mayor is chosen based on the candidate's willingness to have its belly scratched. Oh, how about that? Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Hey, speaking of election results, I am told that we have another opportunity to listen in and see how the vote count is going. So I'm going to interrupt Klopp's clips here for a moment. Let's take a listen and see how the vote count is going now. 7, 44, 58, 44, 59, 44, 50, 60, 44, 61, 44, 62, 44, 63, 44, 64, 44, 65, 46, 46, 44, 67, 44, 68, 44, 69, 44, 60. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> wow. It's a lot of counting going on there. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, 18, an 18-year-old girl in India now holds the Guinness World Record for the longest hair on a teenager. Nilanshi Patel's hair measures 6 feet, 6.7 inches, breaking her own two-year-old record. She says she got a bad haircut at the age of six and hasn't had a haircut since then. No word now if she plans to keep on growing it out. I, it's sort of gross, isn't it? I mean, I... We each his own. I know some people choose to have long hair. Have you ever had long hair, by the way? No, Tom? never. This is. I think. I don't think I've ever had long hair. I wasn't allowed. But having your hair being six feet seven inches, I, wouldn't that be tough to do everyday things? I mean, I know you could put it in a ponytail. So. You got to put it in your shirt, I think, wouldn't you? I, I I hope she doesn't work at a food establishment. I'll tell you that. No, no. She put it in a bonnet. It'd be ten foot tall. Well, many retailers are in the Christmas spirit now. Marks and Spencer, a major British retailer, has unveiled a new pastry with what it describes as delicious flaky layers. The name is turning a few heads. The name of the pastry is Santa's Yum Nut. Oh, boy. Santa's Yum Nut. Looks like a donut with red frosting and a belt frosted across it. Customers encouraged to stop by the bakery and... <clears throat> Take a bite of Santa's yum nut. The oh. term yum nut has been used by the store before to describe some of its pastries. It's actually been used for a long time. Wow. Ken, will you be taking a bite of Santa's yum nut? I don't think so, unless I was forced to. Um, but you never know. Sometimes those things happen. All right. Well, well maybe we'll have a, a food review of Santa's Young Nut at some point, but until that happens, we will close up this week's collection of Claps Clip. We're wrapping up episode 28 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. Our thanks to a wide array of guests on the show this week. We had Tony talking about where he was when, we had Scott Sable, our forecast roulette expert and our official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland. And of course, we had Eowyn Adams, 
the big Cavs fan, and I think we can cross off having anybody from the Cavs on the show following that segment. We're not even going to get John Bagley or Mel Turpin. None of those guys. They're not coming None of them. None of them. Nothing. But that was, uh, you know, hey, uh, there's something to be said for honesty, right? What's it? The best part is it's cheap seats. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so uh, next week on the show, we have health coach Elizabeth Sherman. We're going to talk Thank about getting healthy. Thank God. I need help. Yeah. More than just with food. You know, I saw my doctor yesterday. Okay. Uh, had a couple of questions for him. And one of the things I have been, oh, once in a while when I do some physical exertion for work or whatever, I get a little short of breath and it's become a little worse. I have asthma. And so I was concerned, you know, is this asthma? Is this somehow related to COVID because I have to wear the mask? You know, we were wearing masks or is it something else? And the doctor, we did a chest X-ray. We did a blood test and we did an EKG. Okay. Covered every possible base for what this could be. And then I went back and met with the doctor again. Ken, I'm just old and out of shape. Is that basically what they told you? That's well, basically actually... So the doctor wants me to do five days a week, 30 minutes a day of heavy exertion exercise. And then he wants me to do two days a week, 30 minutes at a time of resistance training. Okay. So I asked the doctor, I said, I'm already doing the resistance training. He said, I thought you told me you weren't working out. I said, I'm not working out, but I argue with my kids for at least 30 minutes every night. Does that count? Resistance. Well, a quick note, that's great to hear that it's just basically you need to get yourself in shape. That is not something else. Obviously, that's a nice thing because you can control that. In all that's honesty, right. Ted, do you want my two cents on what I've been doing? I've lost a little bit of weight. Walking sure. every day. Just walking. Walking every day. Oh, walking. Maybe that's something we can talk about uh, periodically that'll uh, help me uh, get going on this. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, speaking of getting going, Ken, what are we? Complete pleasure. We are two middle-aged men from Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions. One, two, three.